Welcome back to the Holistic OBGYN. I think we're on episode, oh, what is this? Episode 16. Today I'm talking with Sarah Lyons. She's a, a pretty special woman. She's an entrepreneur. She's the author of The Birth Deck, which is this deck of cards that illustrates how a, a woman who's in labor or a person supporting them, their partner, can help them with mindset, with massage techniques, with other physical comforting uh, modalities in labor, which was super helpful for my wife and I, who we just had a home birth here. Um, by the time this comes out, it'll be about two weeks that the baby is is old. So um, her birth deck is great. She also is the founder of Glow Birth and Body, where she uh, through which she provides prenatal and postnatal uh, postpartum massage. Um, serving Chicago, Oakland, and New York City. Sarah is super passionate, so I was super excited to have her on the show. She's got a wealth of experience as a doula, as a, as a childbirth educator, and she's also a mom. So she's been through, you know, the, the tribulations uh, personally and supported a lot of women in, um, in her work and um, both her birth deck and her new book, You've Got This, Your Guide to Getting Comfortable with Labor, which just released this past summer, 2021 are both selling off the shelves. So um, it is is with uh, great pleasure to bring Sarah on the show. Um, She will introduce all of the ways to get in touch with her, to hire her, to get her birth deck in the episode. I'm just gonna cut it off here because I'm rambling. Without further ado, please enjoy my conversation with Sarah Lyons. Sarah, let's get started by you just telling the audience, how do we know each other? You reached out to me on good old Instagram, and we started a conversation about our shared commitment to and passion for changing the wor- the way that Americans experience birth. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I remember it was really nice. It was like, uh, it was like your, your, the birth deck just kind of popped up on my feed. And I was like, oh my God, how haven't I heard about this? And I reached out and you were like generous to send me a deck and we're using the deck now in our preparation of our own birth. And um, yeah, it just seems like kindred spirits. Like like we just kind of have the same interests and the same people that we're rubbing elbows with. And so I'm really grateful that you're here and that you agreed to do this recording with me. I loved it. I loved when you reached out. I always get excited when people from adjacent fields. So you yeah. are an OBGYN. I am a doula and a birth educator um, and a prenatal and postpartum massage therapist. So I work in sort of like all of the supports around the actual delivery because I'm not an OBGYN and I'm not a midwife. And I always get so excited, especially when people from the more allopathic side of of things are interested and supportive of a more holistic way of viewing women's health. And I was excited about your openness and your just overall candor. And it, um, yeah, it was really awesome. And honestly, it just feels good when people reach out and are like, hey, I want to start a conversation. That feels so nice. It doesn't have to be like a reciprocal, like I'm expecting something back. It was really nice. I loved it. Yeah. Well, right on. I, I'm I'm glad. I, it's sometimes those cold calls don't go so well, but sometimes they they turn into these incredible working relationships. So, um, thanks for being so receptive. <laughs> um, before we get started with your three things, can you lead us in a big, giant, deep breath? I would be honored. So, wherever you are sitting right now, take a moment to quiet your mind, close your eyes, and just feel whatever surface you're touching. 
So if you're standing, that's the bottom of your feet. If you're sitting, that's your legs. It's your bottom, wherever your sits bones. Those are the two bones right at the base of your pelvis, wherever they're connecting. Straighten up your spine a little bit and take a deep breath down through your nose into your belly. And then release through your mouth. And when you're ready, maybe take one or two more breaths in and out and bring your awareness back to our voices. Yeah. Thank you for that. Um, Real quick, Sarah, where are you located? I am located in New York City, but I work... New York City. Yeah, I live in New York City with my family. I have two little kids, but I spend a lot of time working in California and in Chicago. Cool. I was, I was thinking, man, if you live close enough, I'd love to have you come to, to see us postpartum and do some massage on my wife. Maybe we'll talk about that offline. <laughs> I would love that. It's not too far from Chicago. I think it's like five, six hours, something like it's that. It's funny. So. I've actually driven there for the Derby um, to Louisville oh, right <laughs> from Chicago. I flew from California to Chicago, met up with friends, and we drove down for the Derby. So. Oh, that's an, that's an awesome reason to go to Louisville. That's like probably the biggest reason people go to Louisville (laughs) is for the Derby. It's a great town. Another conversation for offline, but I've actually spent a lot of time in Louisville. Cool. Well, Sarah, the floor is yours. What are three things you want the world to know about caring for women? I've spent my entire career caring for women and working with women. I've almost never worked with a man, actually. (laughs) So that's, so when I'm coming with this information, it's from a place of deep knowing. So I'm almost 40 and I've been doing this work since I was 21. So it's been a minute. Um, All right. So I'm going to start with a conversation with my fellow body workers. So a body worker is another word for a massage therapist, but it can be anyone who does a tactile kind of therapy can be lumped into body workers. And it's a really endearing term that we love to use for ourselves and each other to show a deeper level of knowledge and respect since massage therapist can mean so many different things in, in a lot of different worlds. And sometimes it has to do with like you know, human trafficking and the sex trade. So it feels, body worker feels like Mm. a term of respect and reverence as well. So for my fellow body workers, it's really important for me to express that um, as somebody who was trained overseas as a body worker, a massage therapist, that prenatal massage should be the best massage that you will ever give. And if you're receiving, it should be the best massage you will ever receive. Because in fact, rather than just being an augmented regular massage, a prenatal massage is utilizing the sideline position, ideally, and the hormones and the meridians that are exposed in that in that position at that time. So if you have a sideline client and that client is pregnant, that client has this host of hormones that are advantageous to a massage therapy experience. So they have relaxin mm. that's relaxing all of their tissue. They have, you know, heightened dopamine, serotonin, oxytocin. All of these are hormones that we mm. use during a massage that are, that are, inspired by massage therapy and by touch, and they are even more present in the pregnant body. So what a great time to get a massage, okay? Not only that, but, you know, people aren't drinking wine usually when they're pregnant, and they're not smoking weed usually when they're pregnant. And, you know, they're they're not doing a lot of things that they would normally sort of get their serotonin hits from. 
Um, and so what is that? They're usually not going out dancing until all hours. Like they might, you know, when they're not pregnant. So getting a massage might be like the best experience they're having. And not only Mm -hmm. that, but their, their medical providers, if they're, you know, mainstream Americans, they're probably seeing an obstetrician for their medical care and they are not getting a lot of FaceTime with that person. Right. So you might be as a massage therapist, the only person who's like really there to give them a deeper experience with their pregnancy and their pregnant bodies. So um, this is a time when you can use really deep pressure, actually. You can work all through the hips. Think about all of the muscles, all of the structures that are experiencing even more intensity physically during pregnancy. You get to work with those areas, and the sideline position is perfectly exposed for that. So for body workers, I, I really want you to know that prenatal massage is, is fantastic. It's a perfect therapy, and it should be actually maybe even a little deeper than when that same client comes in when they're not pregnant because the relaxant allows their muscles to ease into the pressure more. Um, Any questions? Melt into the experience. Exactly. And and even more importantly, you can actually work through old injuries, old scar tissue, old areas of tension that might not have been amenable to deeper pressure prior to pregnancy. You have basically 12 months from the time they become pregnant, a woman becomes pregnant, until three months postpartum to really work with that tissue before they're, especially if they sort of, if their lactation starts to peter out, then a lot of your postpartum hormones leave. But your body will be more malleable for about a year surrounding, um, you know, from conception to postpartum. Right on. Have you ever done massages for women who are in labor? Massage in labor is usually most effective and most enjoyed without any oil or lotion. And with static pressure as opposed to dynamic movement. And I, mm. I I have something that I wrote, which is a deck of cards. It's basically a set of flashcards for labor. And one whole section is on massage. But some women don't like massage when they're in labor. I personally, I don't oftentimes cite my own births, but I will in this case. Um, <laughs> I'm a massage therapist. I specialize in training body workers and, you know, partners and doulas in massage for, for birth and for pregnancy. And I couldn't stand being touched in labor, which like who knew both of my pregnant, both of my labors, I didn't want to be touched in labor. Um, however, my nerves, my uterine nerves were, were triggered. It, it gave me pain around my hips and my lower back that was, you know, I I just couldn't stand touch. So, Mm. um, in a book that I recently released that is a companion to the birth deck, I go into what each type of massage um, can be best used for during labor. So pressure points are fantastic in labor, especially on the points that connect to the uterus, and that will trigger the cervix to relax. So, um, and those a lot of those points are actually in the feet. So in the feet and the hands, mm. they're distal points. So pressure points or acupressure and static holding, like holding the hips and squeezing and and just holding it will usually be more welcome than like a stroke um, technique. Great. Well, I'm, I'm picking up all the points. Um, yeah, well, again, we'll have to talk offline. I'll, I'll like hire you as my consultant as we go into the birth. <laughs> it's it's funny as a as a the partner for somebody in birth, you think of like, how can I support them? And, and even in our first experience, I think my wife was sort of anticipating like lots of massage and this and that. And, you know, people are like, make sure you have a lot of Netflix episodes to watch. And my, my wife had like a six hour labor and we made her favorite lemonade. And I, I burned Palo Santo as soon as like 
we could tell like this is it you know and we went downstairs and she was walking she was like no palo santo like no massage no lemonade like you just don't know so i think having an armament of of options with like a framework some from some you know the basic principles that you described is like kind of exactly what i needed to hear so thank you (laughs) thank you for that what i'm here for How about um, for birth workers? I know that that was your second point. Yeah. So for birth workers, I would love birth workers in any specific modality to know that birth preparation is just as mental as it is physical. So just, you know, following Mm. on the conversation we're having about massage and labor, you can assume you're going to want to have certain techniques, certain comfort measures in labor. But in the end, you it's not totally predictable. And a, a woman who is super, you know, loud in her first labor, like lots of groaning, maybe some screaming, whatever, bellowing, might be super silent in a different labor, vice versa, first or second. So you need to be prepared to have a variety of different Mm -hmm. techniques. But the most important thing that you need to prepare for labor is your mind. And so it's not just about preparing for what is a contraction going to feel like. A lot of what will stall labor is increased adrenaline. And your increased adrenaline really mostly comes from mental obstacles, fears, Mm -hmm. anxieties, hurdles that you're maybe in Anticipating in your postpartum period that you didn't really think about, or maybe it was sort of a fleeting thought, like, oh God, mm-hmm. like, did I roll over my 401k? Like, I, I, I meant to do that last night. Like, oh shit, you know, like, what's going to happen? Or, or like, uh, you know, okay, wait, oh my God, my mother in law, she's out in the waiting room right now. I'm going to have to spend the next three weeks with her. You know, whatever the issues are, you know, your partner, your partner hasn't been supportive enough, and you're worried that they're going to kind of dip out on you, you know, maybe even just like, mentally dip out on you in the next few weeks or or maybe you're really just afraid of labor and so you've been ignoring thinking about it thinking okay instead maybe what I'll do is I'll read a whole bunch and I'll get really I'll get my palo santo and my lemonade and I'll get everything set up for this labor experience because if I get enough control over the environment then I can then and then I'll be good right so we take this really intellectual approach to it when what it comes down to is thinking about your own um, your own issues within your matrilineage or your, you know, patrilineage or mm, thinking about yeah. how you, how your identity is going to change. Working on a lot of that stuff in your partnership, in your own relationship to yourself, those are the things that come up, especially in transition, which is the time between the, it's like the last few centimeters of your cervix dilating before you're about to push. So that there's a big swing of hormones that comes in right then that can be anxiety producing with that's just purely chemical, right? It has nothing to do with anything else. But if you do have things that have been, you know, gnawing at you and you haven't addressed them or you haven't cleared them, that will be a time when they will come up and potentially give you trouble. So um, that's like a classic time. It can happen any time in labor, but that is sort of a classic time. So, um, so think about the mental preparation for labor and for parenthood as being just as much about what are the things that I'm scared of and what can I do to address them versus ignoring them or trying to control around them. A very brief break here to tell you about our sh- our sponsor, Waveblock. They create these amazing little uh, stickers that mitigate the effects of radiation coming from Bluetooth devices. So think about how you spend your day, right? Most of us are listening to podcasts, music, etc. We put our little earbuds in from Apple. They cost like $7 million, right? Heaven forbid you lose one. But uh, you keep them close, right? You keep them close to your head, close to your brain at all day, you know, all day. So you can stay up to date with your audiobooks and everything else. 
Well, they do emit radiation, right? They emit small amounts, but over time, that radiation can be harmful. Especially nowadays, when we've got 5G towers everywhere, everywhere, and we've got all this EMF coming from every source possible at all times. We're being bathed in it. Well, I, I remember in medical school, there were a bunch of neurologists that I remember asking them about this because I'd gotten my first smartphone when I was in medical school, and they were like, yeah... We don't really have any evidence, but do we recommend keeping a cell phone to your head at all at all times? Uh, you know, hell to the no. No, we don't. So there have been increasing warnings from our public health institutions, from the World Health Organization, that all of this EMF stuff is toxic. And as we increase the frequency through 5G and everything else and increase the technology, the, the capacities for these Bluetooth products like our earbuds, you know, we're, we're being exposed to potentially harmful things. So enter WaveBlock. WaveBlock creates these little stickers that you can put right around the, the stock of your headphones. Also some stickers that you'll place right onto the backs of your cell phones in order to mitigate the, the radiation that's being emitted by these, by, these, uh, by these devices. So what I think is really important is as we start talking about EMF, everybody, you know, some people are like, we need to go back to more of a primitive, primitivistic lifestyle, right? Like forget your cell phone, go back to a flip phone, go, give up your phone altogether. Well, we know these are powerful tools. I certainly love being connected and having the ability to check email or listen to podcasts while I'm working in the yard or walking in the woods. And so I don't want to get rid of them, but I also don't want to be blasted with radiation all the time, right? So at WaveBlock, they've got the answer here for you. These devices were designed in LA where I did all of my residency training. I think I, I think they're very elegant. They're beautiful. We've got them on our earbuds now and on the back of our phones come in December. Um, you can go to waveblock.com to check them out. You can enter the code BELOVED for 10% off your sale. And uh, that should make a very, very nice Christmas gift for all the people that you love. Waveblock.com. Thanks for checking them out and supporting them. Let's get back to the show. Man, Sarah, you are good at what you do. Uh, you're also so eloquent in elaborating on things that I think a lot of people struggle to to put words to. So this is so great. <laughs> Thank you. I've been talk. I like to talk, so that's part of it. Um, but I have I've been doing this work for a long time, and I've I've seen uh, enough people go through it that I and enough people support other like enough midwives. I have a lot of close friends who are midwives and and doulas support people through labors that go in all sorts of different directions as well as doing it myself. So, um, yeah, I think that while a lot of it is esoteric, it's also a tale as old as time, right? So the beauty of labor is that while every labor is unique, it's also usually kind of looks one of a couple ways for most, the vast majority of people, which should bring us all a lot of comfort, right? Like this yeah. is not, yeah. you know, as long as we're not augmenting the labor, then with, you know, a variety of different medications or chemicals, especially in a case that is already a low risk situation, then labor can be actually relatively predictable for the vast majority of people. That's something that we should all keep in mind. I think. Maybe, Excellent. Maybe that's another thing for birth workers. But yeah, so work, yeah. <laughs> so work with your clients on those on those mental hurdles and um, help them understand how they can hold their own hands. So it's not just about you being the savior in the room because if people will hire doulas also like, well, if I have a doula, right. then I don't need to do this work. I don't, you know, the fact that I don't feel that my partner can comfort me like in my life, it doesn't have mm. to be like an actual issue because I just hired someone and you don't realize that you're still going to be pissed off at your partner, you know? 
Yeah. Or not yeah, being able yeah, to get yeah, through yeah, you. <laughs> like that's a yeah, bigger issue. Like distracting from the real underlying issue there. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Totally. And being in labor is like being on mushrooms. Like it's like the truth serum. You know what I mean? So like <laughs> yeah. if you haven't dealt right. with it, you're, it's right. going to come up, you know? It's going to come up there if anything. Yeah. I, I, I've, com- you know, I've compared, of course I haven't ever given birth, but of the many, many, many women who I know who are birth keepers, but also women who have given birth, if they've done any sort of, you know, medicine, <laughs> ceremonial medicine, whether it be mushrooms or other psychedelics, they're like, oh my God, that was a full-blown psychedelic journey. And I, even as a as a partner, it was a bit psychedelic. It was like, whoa, I've been here before. This is like the fabric of reality is starting to, sh- you know, there's something shining through this this sort of physical confines that we're in. And so, yeah, there's a lot of stuff that comes up in birth, I imagine, for especially for the birthing person. Totally. And, yeah, and, you're right. And you're that, right. But that's also what's so great about birthing, about inviting people into the birth space who might not be traditional or trained birth keepers is that, you know, that we didn't always birth in isolation. We birthed with other people around. We birthed with our family yeah. members, our friends, our extended family. And so we all got to, like, we all got to witness this rite of passage and we all got to be part mm. of it. And so there was a depth to the lifespan and to the bookends of the lifespan that started to, that helped us make sense of what was around us. And that is now, you know, we do have to try to access those kinds of experiences. And I think that a lot of people do end up, you know, using plant medicine, you know, whatever it is, like weed, mushrooms, anything, you know, MDMA, whatever it is to have those deeper experiences, which like, great, you know, me too. But how, what are other, there are other moments in life that have that depth and that complexity that on the flip side is also like the simplest thing ever um, that are in our everyday lives, really, that we, we just don't invite other people into in our very like Anglo white culture. Mm -hmm. Yeah, totally. And birth is one of them. Yeah. So let's go on to your last point. Um, I love this one. This one is like simple, but the Gordian knot of of kind of the American way of life. So go for it. That is that is correct. So um, this is for everybody. So if you know somebody who has just given birth, you your primary responsibility and a gift that you can give that person is just to listen because the experience of transitioning to a parent for the first time for the birth parent or to a growing family to having kids again is you know a second or third or more child in your family is the experience of of re re-meeting yourself and your strength or maybe some of your insecurities over again through the experience of labor so um you know the birth experience is a little bit of a trauma even in the simplest birth and that is because as we just explained you know as we were just describing it is i think i describe it as sort of um it's like putting your head, especially right as you're about to put, start pushing, it's like putting your head kind of like in the mouth of the beast and trusting it's not going to bite down, okay? Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. while that sounds really dark, I actually kind of mean it to be dark. It is, there is a, there is a kind of a depth and a darkness to mm. the birth experience that is undeniable whether you are medicated or not, all right? You are going to have to face yourself and your own 
insecurity, like your own existential insecurity, because you're bringing life into this world. So forget the spiritual part of it. It's just crazy physical experience. The hormones, the chemicals, these are physical things in your body. They're undeniable. You can test for them, you know, with your blood. It's not like some mm-hmm. witchy thing. Mm-hmm. This is real. This is happening. <laughs> um, those that and then the pure physicality of it, it is so whether you birth through, you know, vaginally or through a C-section from your belly, you are going to be giving of your flesh in that moment and it will require recovery. And so you are experiencing all of this. And then people are like, oh, my gosh, great. You have a baby. Congratulations. And you're like, what just happened? You know, like, what was that? And so you need to process it. And because we don't have any formal or informal structures for processing, just full stop, but for processing labor for this conversation, then you're left with this trauma thinking, well, what was that? Was that good? Was that bad? Was that hell? Was that heaven? I don't know. And the fact is that it's all of it, right? But if you can't, and and part of telling stories is that we are creating Mm. our own narratives about our bodies, our lives, ourselves, our abilities. So if we don't tell the story over and over and over again and formulate it for ourselves in a way that makes us feel good about ourselves, our babies, you know, life, then you're faced with a a lifetime of questioning, well, what really happened? And did that happen? That felt scary and weird. And it felt like I wasn't listened to, but was I or wasn't I? And so you have, and, and you, as we've been describing, as if you are the person giving birth, you are also in this altered state of consciousness. Okay. So you're not in your totally lucid mind. In fact, if everything is working you know, perfectly in your body, you will be, you will not be lucid by the end. You'll be drooling, you'll be groaning, you'll be sweating, you'll, you know, you're just, you're just an animal having a baby. Okay. Um, And so you don't actually have a clear memory of things. You can't because your mind wasn't in a normal state, right? You had all of these natural opiates in your system. So these natural narcotics. And so you need the people around you to be able to process with you, which I really feel is one of the best parts about having a doula is that your healthcare provider can't, if you're birthing in a hospital, your healthcare provider cannot sit down with you for two hours. That's right. That's right. <laughs> you know, and be like, let's talk about what happened. It wasn't it crazy. Yeah. No, you weren't. You that felt like three hours, but it was 20 minutes or that felt like 20 minutes. But you actually were in that tub for three hours. You know, these are important things. I love talking to everyone who was at both of my births and asking them what it was like for them, what it was like for me. What was I doing? What was I saying? So it brings a different layer of depth and it's a deep experience. So why do we pretend like it's not? So if yeah. you are somebody who is supporting a new mom or you are support and also a new, a new, you know, co-parent um, who didn't give birth, listen to their stories, let them tell it, let them tell it again and again and let them marvel and let them cry and let them grieve and let them, because grief is a part of becoming a parent, grief, letting go of certain identities, letting go of, of, you know, of hopes and dreams that you thought were going to happen for you and your birth, especially in your postpartum. My God, like postpartum is so disappointing most of the time. Um, You thought it was just, you know, you think it's just going to be like cute baby carriers and like food delivery meal trains. And instead it's like fancy Instagram posts. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) It's like diapers, adult diapers and like 
bleeding nipples and you're like, wait a minute. So <laughs> perineal pain. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Gosh, it's like, yeah. okay, so if someone will just come over and listen to you talk about your birth while you sit in your adult diaper, you're going to like, mm-hmm. it will actually be, <laughs> it's the only thing you can focus on at that time is your baby and right. the birth that just happened to you. So give someone oh the gift God, of listening. Amazing. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm actually in 2022, I'm going to start hosting, um, campfire storytelling for women and their partners and even for women who haven't given birth just to to sort of um to recapture the magic of of the power of storytelling you know it's one of those rituals that used to be a foundational part of our society everything was built around stories and the sharing of stories and holding space for stories like sitting and just listening and nowadays it's all about the the you know the the objectifiable quantifiable metrics you know, but but that isn't captured in story. In fact, there may even not even be a moral to the story. It's just the healing of telling the story and receiving the story. And um, so, yeah, I mean, you're I, I am I am very much resonating with everything you're saying. I mean, we don't value it. So, as a commodity, right. being a writer is like a great way to make sure you never make money. You know what I mean? Like being being a professional storyteller, unless you are telling the story of a brand that has something to sell, then you are not going to make a living because our our society doesn't value that right now. I don't think it will always, it has not always been that way. I don't think it always will be that way, but we're certainly in a phase of that. And the storytelling mediums that we use, AKA social media are, Mm. um, they they expect too much too often and mm. and also at the same time expect too little too often and so it, it it's it's superficial it's superficial it's visual and it does not expect um mm. a layer mm-hmm. of responsibility and a layer of of uh like quandary that of critical mm. analysis. Um, and when somebody does do that, usually they actually are successful because we're still craving it. Um, but yeah, mm. I think that that it, it, telling stories, especially telling stories in person or virtually where people just sit and listen, it's just one of the greatest ways to support one another. Couldn't agree more. Thank you so much, Sarah. You are, uh, a real gift to this community. So really thank you for the work you do and, and just finding the language to um, impart that wisdom. Really. It's, I, I, we're all, um, we're all lucky to have, have you in the space. Really. I mean that genuinely. Thank you so much. I really feel the same way about you and I'm excited about where your career is going to be going so that your voice can be heard more broadly. There is such a need for advocacy from the medical community. And when I think about the home birth midwives who I've had the pleasure of knowing and working with over the years, there used to be in the Bay Area where I first started working. I'm in my mid-20s. They had one physician who would come and sit in his car outside of houses so that they could legally birth before the laws changed and they could legally attend births without, wow. physi- you know, physician oversight. And he was a guy like didn't matter what time of night he'd come and he'd just sit in his car. And when the midwife said, all right, baby's here, baby's healthy, you can go, he would go. And if they needed to transfer, he would hop in the ambulance and transfer with them to the hospital so that the midwife was, you know, all good. Um, and wow. you know, that man's a hero, right? That that person's mm-hmm. a hero. And so I think that anytime someone from the mainstream can infiltrate and and support what is evidence-based, 
um, best practice. It will, and oftentimes woman-led um, in the birth space is is really, it, that is heroic work. So thank you for your work. Yeah. Well, thank you. Sarah, how can people... Um... How can people find you, connect with you, find your services and products? Uh, you can find the birth deck, which is the birth, the um, deck of 50 cards illustrating how to support someone in labor. Those are the flashcards for birth. Those are on Amazon or at thebirthdeck.com. And You've Got This, Your Guide to Getting Comfortable with Labor is my newest book. Yeah. And that's also on Amazon. That's the best place to buy it just because it signals to bookstores everywhere that people want it. And uh, but you can also find that on my website if you're anti-Amazon. I don't blame you. Um, and you can find me, of course, on social media. I am most available on The Birth Deck, T-H-E-B-I-R-T-H-D-E-C-K on Instagram. And if you're in Chicago or in Oakland and you want to get a massage, then you can check out Glow, G-L-O-W, birthandbody.com. Beautiful. Thank you so much, Sarah. A pleasure. Sarah Lines, everybody. Go to her website, pick up a copy of The Birth Deck. Code Beloved will give you 15% off. It's going to help you. It's going to help you if you're a midwife, if you're a doctor, if you're a partner, if you're a birthing woman. It's going to help you. It's going to give you all of the stuff that you're not going to hear about in the medical system because we don't have time to counsel patients. We're just so busy, so busy running around in the clinic that talking about the sort of sanctity of birth and the, the non-pharmacologic things we can do to support women in birth. That's what Sarah Lyons' work is all about. You can also get a massage from her. If you guys like the show, please give us a, a rating on iTunes. It helps other people find the show. And check out our sponsor, waveblock.com. Again, code BELOVED will get you 10% off all of their EMF blocking devices. And um, remember that we at the Holistic OBGYN Podcast, we are a 501c3. I am employed by the 501c3 as an educator. I'm not wearing my doctor hat. So please do not misconstrue anything you've heard on this podcast as medical advice. It's not medical advice until some Oxford study says it is. <laughs> I say that tongue in cheek. I don't want to get in trouble. But for real, <laughs> this is not meant to replace your doctor's advice. Go and counsel with them if you have any medical concerns. I am Nathan Riley, the Holistic OBGYN. I will see you next time on episode 17. Thank you so much for joining us. And if you'd like to make a donation or support us in any way, find us at the what belovedholistics.com is my website. That's where I actually do wear my doctor hat or holisticobgynpod.com where you can find the podcast, all the show notes, everything else. Talk to you soon, everybody. Bye-bye.